What's going on, Trophy Kids? Welcome to another college football show. Thank you for your continued support. We love you guys. Thank you for showing up here week in and week out. We got a good one. Went 6-2 last week in picks. We'll see if we can repeat that this week, get you another winning week. But we got some great breakdowns and some big games this week. I do pick the team that is going to beat Alabama this year, so that's a good one. Um, it's a good episode. I think one of our best. Hope you enjoy it, and thank you for your support. Welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is September 24th. We are back with the college football show. Week four. How are we doing today, gentlemen? It's going well. Fall has hit me hard. That is for sure up here in Michigan. Um, I don't know if it's like that for any of you, but it is 50 degrees and raining right now here. That's how it's been here in Cincinnati. We've we've been 50s and rain. It's, uh, it's about 60 here, but still on the cooler side in the mornings. I was wearing a sweatshirt around today in my house because, you know, we had a little brisk chill. Um, so, Tim, how's uh, how's that Maryland top of the Big Ten going? They're still 3-0. <laughs> They're still 3-0. <laughs> they are still 3-0. That's yeah. all I have to say That's... on that matter. Um, I did tweet out, hand up, I was wrong. I don't know exactly how wrong I was, but we will see. We shall see. We're going to talk some Big Ten football today. We got some good good games this weekend. Um, I'm back in college. I went six and two this past weekend. No big deal there. Uh, I had myself yeah, big mistake my... by me. I should have just come back with how's your NFL record going? Uh, this right. is the college football show. This is the right. college football show. We uh we just got done recording the NFL one, and uh, yeah, I opened up with uh, me and Big Ben are about to look like red from uh. Pineapple Express. You remember uh, Danny McBride's character? He's got like the neck brace. He's all fried. Yeah. It's about how the NFL is treating <laughs> me right now. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. And I did the torturous thing too. I went back and I was like, man, I don't remember being this bad last year in the NFL. Don't worry, I wasn't. I was the greatest gambler ever last year in the, the first couple weeks of the NFL. But this year, just absolute nosedive. I didn't have a losing week last year until week eight. So, you know, put that in perspective. Um, but, but you hit your stride in college. Yes, um, I'm seeing the board a little bit more clearly. I'm, I, I realized my mistake in the NFL. I was doing different college versus NFL. In the NFL, or college, I always go through the board, and I say, all right, what jumps out to me? And then I go do research on those. In the NFL, I was doing research on every game, and then based off that, going and making a pick. Can't do that. that that's how you, you cannot. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the losing That's what I have to stay away from when during college basketball season. I did that one year and picked every game wrong, basically. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible because then, yeah, you work in the confirmation bias. Like, I just I got to go with what my eyes have been feeding me, the football I've consumed, the knowledge I have, what jumps off, and then go look, see am I right or wrong. That's, that's, that was been my mistake. Hopefully. We're going to see. We're going to test it this week in the NFL. But that's what I've been doing in college, and it's been a better. I'm up in college. I'm winning. What's the college record right now? Are we going to uh, see some gut picks on Twitter? We had a gut week? pick today for the Thursday night to, game. Oh, yeah. today, okay. We went yes. pure NFL. We had to change it up. I went Panthers minus 7.5. Tim's out here giving me grief on Twitter, personally attacking me in my <laughs> my picks. Um, yeah, I'm 16 and 13 in college. Not great, but that's 55%. We're, uh, How we're winning. not attack your uh, your NFL record? <laughs> it, it, it is bad. It's fair. I would. Hey, I said it. I said, you know, love me, fade me, hate me, do what you want with it. Here's my information. So, you know. We're going to have another phenomenal week, though, in college. Yes. That's all I really Yes. That's what we're hoping yep. for here. 
Um, I have some picks I'll be willing to make on the podcast. I'll give out some. I will tweet out. You gotta, we gotta keep you interested on all phases. So make sure you're following Absolutely. at Trophy Kids Pod on Instagram. We'll give out some picks there. Um, but we got some. I got some picks this week. I feel the board's interesting this week. I don't know how you guys felt off your initial read, but there are there are some games that had me kind of pause and go, huh? What is this? Across I the just board. wrote down my picks and all of them. After I looked at them, when I was done, I was like, hmm, I don't like that. Yeah. That's how thoroughly Tim does research. He does them right before the podcast. Yeah, he's all gut. Yeah, uh, probably not right before. Probably during. Yeah, oh, during. Yeah, a little even inside better. baseball. Yeah, inside the operations. Inside. The, you're seeing how the sausage is made. Um, quick NFL note because it sort of bleeds over to this because we 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 spent a good portion of the offseason talking Urban Meyer. Did you all see the quote about Urban Meyer? Um. Saying he after the uh, Broncos game, he told Vic Fangio, "I'm paraphrasing here, but it essentially was like, man, it's like playing Alabama every week." <laughs> I did see that. <laughs> no that shit, Maryland or C- Rutgers ain't on the schedule there, Urban. <laughs> right, I saw CFB tweet, uh, Reddit CFB tweet, like you did. You thought Purdue was going to be on your schedule? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> no shit. Everybody's good. It, it's. It's a spectacular disaster down in down in Jacksonville, um, to say the yeah, least. Yeah, that's perfect phrasing. Yeah, <laughs> which which we called for. We have we have a good take here and there. We've been pretty good uh, on this podcast with our our college football breakdowns. Which I say we hop right into it, unless you guys got anything else before we uh, jump into these games. But real quick, do you have the over under on um, what week his headaches start on the sideline? <laughs> No, I put I put Aaron Rodgers. I was at, gonna say week six. I put Aaron Rodgers at week eight from uh, announcing he's gonna go open a commune in California and live off the earth and smoke some fine herbs. So you know, when, when does Urban Meyer have to go see a heart specialist yeah. for a week? When, when, Aaron Rodgers announcing Jeopardy. Uh, when uh, USC OBG. comes in with that ten-year, hundred million dollar contract is when uh, Urban's gonna have some heart issues. His yep. vision's gonna be going. <laughs> If I was there, US... there might be a couple of positions open for Urban in the college. <laughs> There's going to be a few, yeah, yeah. to say the yes. least. Um, I guess that's you know one point. Um, actually, do we? Yeah, we can we can talk about it as we we filter in. I was going to say, do we want to talk about the Alabama Florida just off the bat? I mean, they're not last week and kind of where we were there because I'm not going to lie. I said it. I did not think Alabama was going to get a game there. They got a game there. Emory Jones, not great passing, but opened his legs. I'm going to say it right he now. He did what? Open it up. He, with did, legs. <laughs> he, did what? he opened his legs. So, Nate, I think you have to credit yourself for that game in the sense that I think the swamp affected Alabama a lot. Yep. I think the crowd really got to them. Alabama didn't. Sometimes they looked out of sorts, and they. I also think that Alabama didn't think that Florida was going to score as much as they did, and making those in-game adjustments, um, they hadn't had to do that for their their last two games. So, hundred percent agree. You give Nate credit for that. I'd said I said yeah, that in the box. Said that. I still thought Alabama there, was going to cover, but back at the record, there was one person that did not take. Uh, Alabama. Okay. (laughs) I cannot be responsible for Nate not listening to his own advice. Okay. And to be fair, I did take it thinking that AR-15 was going to play more than he did, which is not at all, but yeah. 
Well, here's where I was going with that because I have another prediction based on it. Because I said that game was going to be a big, let me look at this, and then I'll be making my, my bolder prediction. Georgia's going to beat Alabama this year. It's happening. You don't think it's Ole Miss that'll beat Alabama? Ole Miss might too. Alabama got Florida's offensive line bullied, bullied Alabama's line a little bit there, especially in the second half. Georgia has a better offensive line. Um, Georgia has an elite defense. Georgia, we're asking them to make a pizza right now with tomato sauce and bread. They don't have their cheese back. They don't have any of their toppings. They're going to get Washington back here hopefully soon. Pickens is now running drills. you got Tyreek Smith in the secondary who's who's now warming up and getting back. They're going to get their tight end. Like, they're getting players back. They're going to get healthy. Alabama is very beatable. Georgia's yes. going to beat them. Yeah. I think the college football world is beatable right now, which is 100%. great for, for parity, right? And maybe we get a new team in there. I, I I can't get my hopes up that we're going to get two new teams in there. No. I think some of the college football gods or whatever we have in play. And ESPN, ESPN needs big names in that college football playoff. So, But I, I do think we're going to see at least one t- new team in the mix. I agree. I think Georgia, they're not too, new, but they'll be there. Depending on your definition of new team. And yeah, once, yeah. once again, oh, well, this is going to be my my second point. I mean, if it were today, we'd have new teams right now. they got to make it through. Oregon's got to make it through the line, landmine that is the snake that eats itself in the Pac-12. Um, yes. The Big Ten, they got some questions as who's going to be their representative. Uh, Clemson. Right it's like, uh, well, Iowa or Penn State, right? Yeah. Or we don't know. Uh, Penson, or Penson, Clemson. <laughs> Frauds. Frauds, terrible. Um, Georgia, I think, will be, like I said, the representative from the SEC. I think they're going to beat – I think Alabama's going to have a tough game in Ole Miss, and I think they're going to be beat by Alabama – or by Georgia. Um, This is the year that Kirby does it. Bubble boy Kirby Smart has come out of his bubble. We're seeing them be aggressive in different assets of the game that they have not been. Um, And then my UC team, they're still in it. Can we talk about why it is – that every single powerhouse, I know the answer, but it's just ridiculous, is able to have stinkers every year. I mean, Clemson gets challenged by, like, BC every year um, or Syracuse. These programs get challenged, and nobody blinks an eye at it, really. They're they're still in the running. You see, now, granted, it's an outside dog and all that, but we people are dogging on them because they went on the road. wasn't great. A lot of shooting themselves in the foot, but they still get a win. They still come back. They still have resiliency there. They're going to get to play Notre Dame. I'm not saying let's put them in, but I'm also saying let's not discredit them here. A win's a win. It was on the road in a true environment. We allow all these other teams to have these kind of blunder games, but we're not allowing a team that statistically is still very good defensively and offensively needs to, you know, get a little bit more disciplined, but still a good football team. Well, we do that because they don't really have a chance to bounce back, whereas some of the bigger teams have – have chances to bounce. More Who does Clemson have to bounce, bounce back. back against in the ACC most years? Nobody. Clemson's dead. Mm. It wasn't yeah. saying. Clemson no, I'm just talking about how they always have a stinker every year. Yeah, they do. I think too. Um, Cincinnati is in that weird position where they can have bad wins, right? It's true. Instead of good losses. Um, at, back to Tim's point of they don't really have a chance to bounce back. And they have to play almost perfect in every game. Like that Notre Dame game, they better put up more than a touchdown on Notre Dame if they want to be, you know, in the conversation of that 14 playoff. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they got to look good. Um, they didn't look that bad. Indiana looks broken. Yeah. Um, Indiana does not look great. Indiana's got some issues going on. They're not the same team from last year. Yeah, I just think you take, like, there were just some dumb plays in that game. I mean, there are plays in every college game, but there were things that made that game closer than it really should have been. A left tackle trying to pick up the ball with one hand like he's a damn wide receiver and going to make a play. <laughs> not a great not a great play. You know, a ton- But it's something you can do in his conference. <laughs> I, no, I don't even think you Absolutely. can do that in that conference against the UCF or another, maybe some of the lower-tier teams. But, yeah, like that's all stuff that – like they got that out of the way. They hung in there with Georgia last year. They returned most of the team. You know, the offside penalties, got to clean that stuff up. There's a drop touchdown pass. Hopefully we'll clean that up, but that's not something you can really rely on. I just think there are so many people that have now just written them off for the rest of the season. I'm like, let's wait and see how this plays out. I'm not sure. I'm not discrediting them right off the bat for that game. I would let wait and see how the rest of the season plays out, but I also don't know that I would defend them as strongly as you're defending them. Yeah. I don't know if I buy some. I'm, I'm right like in the middle. Like I'm like, I don't know if I buy them or not. And bringing up the Georgia game, like, they were playing for a lot. Georgia wasn't playing for much. And they had a bunch of people out. And, yes, they did look good because they were able to, to, to play against Georgia and hang with them. But at the same time this year, they, they played a broken Indiana team, and they made some mistakes that are going to cost them in a big game. Indiana was also juiced up for that game. It, is, it was a tough environment to start off the bat. They eased into that game, if we're being honest about it. <laughs> Kind of, but they also made some stupid mistakes and looked Agreed. ridiculous in the first half. That's why that bye week, this bye week for them is perfect. I mean, Notre Dame, we're going to talk about them in a second, but Notre Dame is getting screwed because they got Wisconsin off a bye and they're getting UC mm-hmm. off a bye. Both teams have had two weeks to prepare for them. So tough, tough sledding. Um, those are my. I, so, if, so if Notre Dame's come back, comes back through this gauntlet, are they going to be a real team? To oh, 100%. Talk about in the future, oh, they would have absolutely. to be. Notre have Dame. Is about to go. Have you looked at their schedule? Mm-mm. It's a gauntlet to say the least. Um, of teams that they're Nate, we have. just talked about my note taking, and then you asked me if I had looked at their schedule yet. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is fair. It's it's jumping into sort of the breakdown of their game a little bit, which you know the opening yeah. of this podcast has not gone exactly as I had initially yeah. planned. We script this out, or we you don't plan say. This out, ladies you and don't say. Oh my god. Yeah. So they have. Purdue last week, which is sort of physical, a tough, not like a crazy tough game, but not like a you can sleep on them. Yeah, Yeah. you can't sleep on them. You still got to show up and play. Also, they didn't let them bring their drum, and that's still. Yeah. Is that that a normal thing? No. I've always been wondering that, too. Is that like a normal thing that they're, because it's not like this is the first time Purdue has played it. Oh, I think they're allowed. They've normally brought it in, from my understanding. So they've normally allowed it? Yeah. And then this year they were just like, no, never mind. No, they're they're not allowing it. It can't be the first time that they've played with Brian Kelly there either. Like, it feels like they play Purdue quite often. They're they're not allowing other, like, mascots and stuff in as well. Mm. Um, Notre Dame is just. Maybe it's COVID stuff. I have no idea, but they're not That's allowing a lot. So I would say. Yeah. But. yeah, so Notre Dame has got Wisconsin coming off a bye this weekend. UC mm-hmm. next weekend coming off a bye. They have to travel to Virginia Tech, which I'm assuming will be a night game in Blacksburg. Maybe not. It could be a day game, actually. That's not untrue. But, you know, if Notre Dame rips off a win against Wisconsin and UC, that could potentially turn into a night game. Then they got USC, who... Let's see what they do with that interim coach. There's talent there. They're not easy. UNC, we've written them off because of 
their first game against Virginia Tech, but they've come on strong offensively. So in the next six game or er, five games, not easy sledding. Then it gets significantly easier. They got Navy, who stinks this year. They got UVA. They got Georgia Tech, stinks, and they got Stanford. So like, it's a tough, tough little. Uh, portion of their schedule coming up here yeah and i wouldn't i wouldn't look past that north carolina game either no not at all so north carolina i think could hit their stride they're starting starting to well i have them on my or not on my sheet necessarily to talk about but they are they are they're hitting their stride right now offensively they're they're starting to click again here yeah Yeah, i don't think sam howell's bad i think his receivers have finally started to figure it out a little bit more no, uh, North Carolina is another one of those teams where, like, sometimes their offensive line is stout, and then other times it's like they forget they're playing football. <laughs> and then you see a lot of pancakes. You see a lot of pass rushing. And what can a quarterback do yep. back there? <laughs> I mean, that was the problem in the Virginia Tech game. The lines, I made that pick and that bet simply off the fact that their offensive line should be more dominant, and they mm-hmm. looked lost in that one. <laughs> um so, always fun. Almost as lost as that Miami uh, <laughs> defensive line. Oh, man. <laughs> what was it? Just was their safety? defensive line? Yeah. It's a bludgeon fest there. Oh, my goodness. But since we're on the Irish, let's let's talk about them coming to Chicago to face. Why not? It, it bleeds perfectly in. Uh, Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Lines at 5.5, over-unders at 45.5. Thoughts opening up this game in Chicago, your home city here, Dante. What, what are our thoughts and uh, – feelings here so wisconsin has not found their offense right we don't know what graham is doing what graham is doing back there but their defense is stellar right they don't allow a lot of yards on the ground or through the air um so while i think if wisconsin can get enough turnovers in this game i think the irish might be, I think that five, was it five and a half? Uh, yeah, five and, or six and a half now. Sorry, I apologize. Six, six well, it's half. moving. You can get it six and a half, five and a half, some places. Line shop five and a half is obviously not great if you're betting Notre Dame. You want the six and a half, five and a half is great if you're betting Wisconsin. Yeah. Also, Notre Dame gets out has been outscored in the first uh, quarter by their opponents. If Wisconsin can outscore them in the first half and then hold on to the ball in the second half, Notre Dame may not be able to score again. Um, and they, I, I'm putting a lot on Wisconsin's defense. Also, maybe Graham finds his his game. Maybe he needs. You better to. hope so. Yeah, because that's all they got. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's sort of a horror show on offense for Wisconsin. Um, they are coming off a bye, which you know not a great time if you're a player. You want your bye sort of later in the year to rest the body, but kind of a great time for like arguably your your biggest game right now. Because if you lose this. You're in a tough spot at Wisconsin right now. Um, Graham Mertz, they have not had a pass or a passing touchdown so far this season. They have been two interceptions in the red zone. Yep, I was just gonna say red zone has been horrific. They have been down there um, half the time. They've been down there. They've come away with zero points. Half the time, zero points. Fifty percent of the time, Wisconsin has been in the red zone. Zero points. And they threw a pick six on one of those attempts. Um, So it's a house of horrors for Wisconsin. Um, The benefit, though, is Notre Dame's defensive scheme thus far, from what I can tell, has essentially been we're going to have you beat us on the ground and not through the air, which plays 
perfect for Wisconsin. So it'll be interesting to see if, one, they flip that philosophy, and, two, how that flip goes. Because Wisconsin will have no issue getting behind their big offensive line and just running the ball and not passing a whole lot and mucking up this game and controlling the time of clock and possession and not allowing the Notre Dame offense, which has also been suspect, to get opportunities at blowing this open. But it's it's an interesting game within the game there. Yeah. Also, Kyle Hamilton, right, for Notre Dame is Stud. maybe one uh, of the best defensive players in the country, right? Yes. Maybe the best. <laughs> Has to be close Up to, there. if not yeah. the best. Watching him pick those balls off again. That, if, that, Florida, that Florida State, State pick game. was insane. Yeah, he had two of them in that game too, didn't he? Yeah, where I'm talking about the one like, where he came literally from the other field. side of the field. Yeah, <laughs> and there was one that he just jumped her out, and then the next one he came from like the hash marks over to the sideline, and the ball was in the air the whole time, and he ended up being the receiver to it. That was insane. Yeah. Um, I guess the. My thoughts on this game is I I feel like Notre Dame will cover, if not win this game, because it feels like Chicago is a home game for Notre Dame. Even though Wisconsin's listed as the home team, I mean, Chicago's like Notre Dame's... A lot uh, of Notre Dame alums in Chicago. I, I, yeah, I don't even... It's like their backyard. It's like yeah. their playpen. Like, that's where everybody from Notre Dame goes. And so I feel like this one could be a Notre Dame home game at Soldier Field, basically. And I just really don't trust Graham Mertz anymore. And I'm pretty much over him. I don't know if he can complete passes in the red zone and get them any points. And that's where I struggle. And that's why I would lean towards taking the Fighting Irish with the points here. See, but here's the thing. I don't think you asked Graham to throw in the red zone. I think you let Wisconsin's front line set up there and you run that ball. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't why would you have them sling the ball in the red zone? We are just, yeah, it's I a, can't answer that. I guess <laughs> I, I just have that Penn State game burned into my memory yeah. where they're going down, they're inside the 20, and then they threw two picks in the red zone. And it's just like, well, what is he doing? And so that's, I just, I, I guess I really, I know Penn State has, like, the best resume, but I don't know that they're great. And so that makes me question how Wisconsin is and if they're good at all. And Notre Dame hasn't looked good at times. They should have lost to Toledo probably. Um, and and they, they didn't look great against Purdue. So they don't have much there, but I, I got to lean the fighting Irish on this one. See, there's, yeah, there's, so, a couple things there. I, I agree with that, um, a lot of that. I, I, I think, once again, it depends on the number. I like Notre Dame at 6.5 more than I like them at 5.5, to be completely honest. Now, do I think Notre Dame can win this game? Yes. But from a betting standpoint, the numbers do sort of start to matter. Um, Notre Dame's in a tough spot. We've been saying it week in and week out. They're trying to replace four offensive linemen, all of which are playing at the NFL level. Um this is shown in their run game. Um, Karen Williams, who is an NFL talent, he has 40... Um, Todd Furman tweeted this out. He has 46 overall carries for 211 yards. Two of those carries, or 45% of those yardage came on two carries. 
So he's got two carries making up close to half of his total yardage this season. They have not been able to get pushes. You have a Jim Leonard defense that's had two weeks to prepare for this offense in which they know Jack Cohen very well. He was the um, quarterback at Wisconsin prior to this. You have a Wisconsin team that when you go back and you pull that Penn State game, dominated the yards and dominated time of possession. They just couldn't convert in the red zone. And that's what ultimately lost them the game. I have a hard time making the argument. I very much want to pick Notre Dame here because I I, I think six and a half is probably too much, too many points um, to cover there. I think it's going to be a very close game. But it's hard for me not to make the argument that Wisconsin's basically going to do the same thing they did to Penn State. And it's going to be control the time of possession, run the ball, limit the passing game as much as possible, limit the ability for the Notre Dame offense to get in any form of a rhythm, um, and just kind of muck up this game, which is also why I like the unders here. I mean, first half unders, the first half under at 23 and a half is looking mighty good and is actually a pick I am making um, because I think this is going to be a bit of a slugfest. I mean, you pull that Wisconsin game, Penn State game, they the possession was 42 minutes and 51 seconds Wisconsin, 17 minutes for Penn State. Like, that is insanity. And I think it's going to be a very similar story here. Big Tan football. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Three where yards in a cloud of dust. Where Notre Dame belongs. Yes. For real. Um, dude, I don't know if anybody has a pick. I mean, my pick, I think it's six and a half, you owe Notre Dame, and I think over, I like the under, um, first half under. That's really a pick for me is, is 23 and a half, first half under. I, I don't hate Wisconsin. the first half. I don't like 45, though. Yeah. I think Wisconsin wins this game. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think they win it easily, but I do think they win this game. All right, cool. Let's move on then. Um, Wisconsin, or West Virginia, Oklahoma. 17 and a half is last I saw. This line's been moving a bit here. Um, it is at Oklahoma. Oklahoma coming off a tough game uh, against Nebraska. Got themselves a fight in that one. Where do we stand on this? I mean, Spencer Rattler has been... Uh, I would use the word struggling for an Oklahoma quarterback in a system that is designed to be <laughs> incredibly explosive for quarterbacks. What do we feel about this game and, and where this is at? I mean, he's no Murray. He's no Jalen Hurts. He's no Baker. Mayfield. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't know. He kind of looks like a shell of himself, too. Like, did he get rattled too much? Um, and can he find his confidence? I think if if Rattler finds his confidence, then Oklahoma is back in the conversation. I don't really know much about this game, though. I don't. I don't love West Virginia and I'm not sure, you know, if they have the talent to pull off a massive upset on the road or anything like that, but stranger things have happened. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of waiting for that, for Oklahoma to flip the switch kind of like they did last year where they were like, they were struggling a little bit out of the gate. Spencer Rattler was struggling, got benched and then all of a sudden just went off and just played out of his mind for the rest of the year. And I'm kind of waiting for that. So I'm going to stay away from this game betting-wise until you kind of see Spencer Rattler flip that switch. Like, I do kind of think he's going to eventually this year. And then you start taking him, even if the spreads are outrageous. Yeah, I, I, this one's interesting. I took West Virginia last week against Virginia Tech. It was looking like a great bet early. It's still cash, but then they kind of almost gave away the game at the end. Um, this is a tough one because it, for me, Spencer Rattler, just his inability to use the legs seems to be 
a problem in creating explosiveness for this this offense. He has been super accurate. I think for West Virginia, it's hard because they are a much different team home than when they are away. They're away in this game. Um, Jarrett Doge, the quarterback, is really good at home. His numbers are way different at home compared to on the road. The problem is West Virginia's, their strength is running the ball. And Oklahoma's defense is pretty good against the run. It's terrible against the pass right now. But yeah. it's pretty good against the run. Like, it's not... I think people who want to say, like, the defense is horrible, I think it's that's oversimplifying things. The rush defense is good. They get decent pressure. They just... The passing defense is terrible right now. Um, so Oklahoma's in a struggle spot here. I don't... I'm not making a pick on this game, but I thought it was worth bringing up because it is an interesting game, and it has some national spotlight here because if Oklahoma's not careful here and they don't, they don't you know dot their T or cross their T's and dot their I's they're uh they could find themselves in a rock fight here yeah um speaking of teams that are terrible against the pass (laughs) defense Ohio State is going to be without their quarterback CJ Stroud uh in this game against Akron which yeah I I like this game um 48 and a half points is a lot so I like this game, if not just the first half for Akron to cover the first half, whatever the first half comes out at. Um, probably Akron first half in 48 and a half. This is going to be interesting because now every C.J. Strout kind of hater gets to see what's behind him. I I don't think what's going to replace him is going to be all that much better. Maybe it will be. I mean, it's, it's quite possible. Miller. And McCord. Yeah, but, you know, C.J. Stroud has not been the problem for for Ohio State. I mean, he hasn't been great. <laughs> like, he's not no. been he's not been great, but for a guy who's just starting out and getting his feet wet, he's been fine. He's been very serviceable. At times, he's been very good. So, like, he's playing at about par of what I would think. Not the problem. And I, I think people need to start – I mean, a lot of people recognize it, but that defense is – I saw that they took away defensive play calling for the defensive coordinator, which is not a... <laughs> well, they're okay at the run. It's those corners. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> I don't think I've seen corners as bad um, for bad. OSU. And, yeah, it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, I will say OSU has been in this position before, right? So with the JT, uh, um, when JT got hurt and then Braxton Miller went down and um, Cardell Jones, they, they've done this before, and... They won a national championship that year, so <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's not. It's not the first time. I just. I don't know if they have it. Like, but this year, I mean, it's going to be chaos this year. This is the year that chaos will happen. It's. They got a tough road ahead because um, they're going to play some elite teams coming down the line, and you got to be ready. <laughs> yeah, the Big Ten is going to be a slug for OSU, and if they get through it, it will be a thirty for thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Call it now. I don't. Th- I don't think they. I mean, we might be looking at a Big Ten with like two losses for each top team, maybe. Yeah, it's quite possible. Um, I mean, every team has OSU, issues. Yeah, I, glaring issues too. Not like, not like serve. Like everybody has glaring issues for the most part. I mean, Penn. I don't know. Penn State's probably the best team right now, but like yeah. they have issues. Iowa can't move the ball offensively through the air. Like. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about Michigan State here in a bit. Ohio State's got the defensive issues. You know, every team, Wisconsin, also can't move the ball through the air. Like, all these powerhouse teams in the Big Ten have some pretty glaring issues they got to get figured out. I will say this. Penn State's win over Auburn last week uh, ha- did elevate the stock of 
the Big Ten. I thought with Ohio State being down that we were going to start just saying, oh, the Big Ten isn't, but OSU's win and even Michigan State's win on the road, I think people started to talk about the Big Ten. If you were watching any of the breakdowns of the game, there was a lot of comparison of the Big Ten and the SEC and where the Big Ten teams fit in the SEC, which is great talk for me because it means that, (laughs) you know, our teams are going to get a lot more um, eyes on them. But can they handle the pressure of being in these national conversations? Well, it's always been that battle, too, that, like, you know, I'm not I don't want people to be like you're overreacting here or whatever. But I, I think that the SEC's biggest strength has been their marketing job where they just have marketed themselves as like this insanely more physical bully you around conference. And that is true for the vast majority of the conferences. But I have always tried, and I think we've done a good job on this podcast, of making the argument that that is not true when you go to the Big Ten. Like, I'm not saying every team. Like, you put Maryland. Maryland is worse than, like, the bottom tier. Like, the bottom tier of the Big Ten is probably worse than the bottom tier of the SEC. But as far as this, I, I, yeah, they are actually, yeah. Um, (laughs) But as far as this idea that, like, the the SEC can just bully around these teams, it's like, no, we play big boy football in the Big Ten. Like, th- mm-hmm. this isn't slouch right. football. You're not going to come in, because that's always been the strength of the SEC, is their line play and their athletes, and just bully teams around. And that was a huge thing for Penn State, who, you know, isn't the best team, but did not get bullied and was in that fight. And you you have the same argument if they played an Iowa team or a Wisconsin team, Ohio State most years. Like, you just can't bully them necessarily. Is my thought on it all. <laughs> Figure that yep. out. That sort of that sort of rounds it up, puts a nice bow around it. Yeah, the Big Ten deserves to be a national conversation. That's that's at all times. Yeah, they're the second best conference, top to bottom. Speaking of the Big Ten, let's talk about it. Oh, if you're watching Uh-oh. this video, you can obviously tell who these two root for. If you're new to this program, you may no 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 we're neutral. Okay. Yeah, may or may not know, but uh Michigan State runs deep here. We're gonna try to give us we I actually I, am I feel like we give a pretty fair breakdown. And then I'm always here to check it a little bit. Um yes. Nebraska versus Michigan State. The line's been moving depending on where you're at. It's at four and a half right now on FanDuel is what I'm looking at. Over under is at fifty two and a half. I will let you guys start. Where are you heading into this game and, and kind of thoughts around it? Let's just say very nervous. Um, this is not the, this is not a game I want to bet on just because I don't need to bet on games that uh, I'm very interested in. And as you can see, I am very interested in this game, regardless of me having any money on it. And I'm nervous because even though we went down to Miami and won that game pretty handily, I think Miami might be just falling apart. And you think Nebraska, <laughs> right? I They're think. falling apart um, as well as the, the Everglades are holding up against uh, erosion there. <laughs> like Urban might uh, go from Jacksonville to Miami. Yeah. <laughs> right. Miami's program yes, is disappearing they, uh, in front of our we, eyes. We're going to have a job opening here soon down there as well. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of worried about Nebraska as much as I wanted to write them off, as much as I want them out of the conference, as much as I hate them because they suck and they, they think they're all high and muddy. Like they, they, they still believe this is the 1980s, even though we're 30, 40 years past that. Um, I'm worried because they did look halfway decent against Oklahoma. And Michigan State is due for a letdown game. And that's mainly what it is. And it's if it's not this week, 
Uh, let me tell you that I am rooting hard for Western Kentucky this week to beat Indiana so that we don't get Western Kentucky's best. I would love for Western Kentucky to be coming off a high from an Indiana win next week. So, I, I mean, I think we'll be able to get it done because I think we finally have those athletes. But if we get this one done too, then I'm, I mean, hell, I'm yeah. thinking that we're going to be um, competing for the Big Ten East. So for me, so the Cornhuskers come to East Lansing at night uh, into Spartan Stadium. Nebraska does travel well. Um, I don't think that's going to be a big difference here in this game. What worries me about Nebraska is that what Tim alluded to is they're their defense, at least, is trending in the right way. And I think that this game is going to come down to Peyton Thorne versus the Nebraska defense and who breaks first. I'm not really worried about um, Adrian Martinez scoring that much. If you limit his run, Oklahoma showed us, right? If you limit his running, then his production goes way down. And I'm assuming that Mel Tucker and his team, they watched that Oklahoma game and they saw that. Like, just spy the quarterback. Don't let him do any big plays. Keep it all in front of you. I think we can we can do that there. But can Nebraska, Nebraska pass rushing is very good. Um, and can we give Peyton Thorne enough time? Can that O-line give Peyton Thorne enough time to get those passes off to Reed or Naylor or, or whomever is out there, and and will Kenneth Walker have the production that he had um, against Miami and lesser talent? And we won't see some of those ridiculous broken tackles or missed yes. tackles in <laughs> yes. like in that Miami game. Well, that's so we're not going to get that lucky again. Yeah, <laughs> to a point. Yeah, um, I think that's that's sort of my my stat here for this game and Kenneth Walker appreciation here. I tweeted it out last night. Um, out of his 493 total rushing yards this season, 317 of them have come after contact. That is insanity. Insanity that he is producing at that level after contact. That is somewhat... Nebraska's defense is trending in the right direction, but they are currently 94th in rush yards per attempt. They allow 4.4 yards on the ground per attempt. So not a great statistic, Um for Nebraska, they are trending in the right direction defensively, but still not where they need to be. So I, I think that is it, – it comes down to Thorne for sure, but I think there is an element to this where if you can get Walker going, you can control the game. You can control kind of Martinez kind of getting into a flow because I think for most of the country, we saw that Illinois game and you've written off Adrian Martinez. I'm here to tell you he's picked it up. Um, now, he's not some crazy – quarterback here but he's had a mentality of fuck it um they've used his legs more which is really the the thing that he needs to get going he's averaging uh 5.5 rushing yards right now 290 yards total he's got four rushing touchdowns through the air he's averaging 10.3 yards passing he's got a quarterback rating of 166.6 right now he's got a completion percentage of 65.7 so he has picked it up now they've beaten some lesser talent he's done it against that but he has picked it up so I don't think you can go into this game and just say Adrian Martinez sucks because you watched the right. Illinois game he's got it going again um he's becoming a threat to that point though and Michigan State I think you guys can speak best to this there is a liability in the secondary and at the DB position 
I don't know how you all want to address that, but that is that's kind of what I've zoned in on as a potential weak matchup there going into this. Yeah, P- playing those soft covered zones too. Like I don't know if that's going to be conducive to um, trying to stop Adrian on those uh, those throw those like eight or nine yards that King was um, picking up in those uh, that Miami game, right? Yeah, it seemed like Scotty Hazleton didn't. I mean. He was at a loss for what to do with his corners because he played he played up tight. They couldn't cover him. Backed him off. Couldn't cover him. It was like that. There nothing was working. Um, so it's a definitely a struggle, and it's definitely a place that they need to um, start working on. Brantley worries me a little bit. Um, I love the way he's playing, but the way he dives with his head is just insane. I was telling my buddy that was watching the game with us, I was like, oh, he needs to be careful. He's going to get tossed out of this game real quick if he keeps tackling like that <laughs> with his head. And then sure enough, three plays later, he finally got tossed for targeting. And now I he's like missing the he first threw, half of the Nebraska game. He threw his hands up. And I was like, that is the was, clearest I, definition of targeting I've ever seen. I was like, they put that, they, they put the picture of that in the rule book. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just I like left off his you. feet. Yeah, and his like, arms were behind his back, yeah. and they were at his hips, and his head was just full blown spear. It's like, come on, man! I know you're, I know you're a true freshman, and you're used to being able to tackle like that, probably. But like, you can't do that in college. So you got to get that cleaned up. You got to tackle with your head up. Look at him. Yeah. Um, so it is almost more concerning to me that he is the. He is the corner that looks to me like he has the most promise on the team, and he is a true freshman, and we're gonna be without him for the first half because of that targeting penalty at the end of the second at the end of the Miami game. Um, so I guess I really just hope that Williams can pick it up and figure it out. Um, he wasn't much of a cornerback before. He he did play a little bit at Alabama, but that was only in practice before he broke his arm. Um, from before then he was just a Juco and I think he was playing mostly quarterback in high school and they converted him to a cornerback late. So he doesn't have that much experience for a cornerback. So, but he was able to jump the route and pick the ball off towards the end of the game in Miami, which was incredible, but we'll, we'll see if things start to click. I'm hoping things start to click for him. And we're at home. So hopefully that adds. Oh, we swag surfing this weekend. Yeah, swag surfing. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I hate night Tucker games. Bring it like, out, <laughs> and yeah. Mel Tucker's swag is a whole another level. Absolutely, I hate night games like this because I'm gonna be waiting around all day for this game, and my stomach is gonna be in knots until mm. kickoff. <laughs> Where are you feeling? How are we feeling on this spread here? I, I'll, I've seen a vast majority of people I follow on social picking Nebraska here. It seems like that is the direction a lot of people are going. It's a home game for Michigan State. That is a, a an advantage there. Um, I have some concerns off of the emotional kind of maybe exertion given for the Miami game um, because it was the biggest game on the schedule. And the Cornhuskers are, they're, they're playing feisty football here. I think it's going to be a dogfight. Um Man, it's hard to. It's, I, where are you all? Also, Nebraska's if, if lost twelve to, straight road games too. By the way, just a just a oh. fun against ranked teams against ranked teams. Just a little fun fact there. 
I mean, if you had to ask me from like a historical perspective, like how I would see Michigan State doing this before the last two years of D'Antonio, I guess I would see this being like a like a um, a two point win, clench your butt cheeks the whole time, like you're yeah. worried about this whole entire game. Um, but this is also me being hopeful now, and I'm hoping with Mel Tucker we throw all that stuff out the window and we're able to dominate teams and step on their throats when we need to. Um, just like we did in the Miami game. Yeah, so I, that's what I'm hoping for. But I don't, I, again, I don't know. I don't, because I'm waiting for the letdown. I, after watching last year, I know last year we can throw a lot of it out the window, but some games they were up for, they were up for the big games. And then other games, they just looked like they didn't even belong on the field. Now, granted, half of that was the talent and the talent that turned over over the offseason. And now we have some of that talent with us. I'm just waiting for the letdown, the typical Spartans letdown. And I don't know when that's going to come. I don't want it to come. But knowing the Spartans are the Spartans, I feel like it'll come at some point. I just don't know when. And I don't like saying that the Spartans can win by more than five points either. I think Nebraska is the trendy pick here. Like you, Nate, I've been seeing a lot on social media of people taking Nebraska in this, even if they just take the points and not the win. It, I, too, share the same feelings with Tim, and I have to shake off, like, the D'Antonio error, error because if you ask you you ask me this, I'm going to say, oh, this is going to be a field goal game, and I don't I can't tell you if it's going to be Nebraska or MSU, but I know it's going to be a field goal game. And I don't know if I can go into that with Mel Tucker and his, his new regime and say that's the same results that we're going to see. Also, if it is a field goal game, I don't trust Coglin. So... <laughs> <laughs> I will Coughlin's always been that way, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we know what we're going to get. We've yes. always got that from him. I mean, he'll hit. He always he? misses a few field goals. He will hit a clutch kick if he yes, needs to hit a clutch hit kick, a, as yeah. long as it's within 40 yards. If it's under 40 yards and he has to hit a clutch kick, he will hit it. But if it's a random 35-yarder in the middle of yep. the game, he's <laughs> there's a chance he's going to miss it. So you never really know with him. Um, cause you know, he can't make anything over 45 yards. Um, that's almost a guarantee. So it, with him, you never really know, that's but fair. he's still on the team because he's been around for so long and you, the devil, you know, is better than the devil. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, the four and a half is what trips me up because I, I feel field goal type of game, but I might, I might go swag surfing and just. Pick MSU. I, I, I'm re, I'm reserving it right now. I think that's going to be a game day pick. I went into this picking MSU, and then when I broke down the game, I was like, oh, man, this is closer. I, the Kenneth Walker factor for me in Nebraska's given up about four, 4.4 yards it carries. I mean, it's tough. You can control a football game when you have that ability, and the blueprint, as Dante, you said, is there. You have to limit. I mean, Oklahoma limited Martinez to two yards a carry last week. Yeah. Um, if you limit his ability to run, and that's the same thing in the Illinois game, his worst game so far, because then he played for him in Buffalo. We saw when he got his legs going, the production, I mean, he ripped off a 75-yard touchdown. Like, he ripped, the pass game started to open up a little bit more. Like, once he gets that going, he is a different quarterback. Can the Michigan State, you know what, screw it, we're going Michigan State. I don't, (laughs) I don't know if I love the pick. I'm going to say that right now. I don't love it. I like, I think four and a half is the safer bet, but sometimes you got to risk it to get the biscuit. Um, Make your own decisions based off the information we just gave there, but we're swag surfing. (laughs) All right. Swag surfing. 
in the wood yep. shit. <laughs> let's talk. Uh, let's talk Jerry World Classic. Uh, the official name for it is now eluding me. We talked about it in the, the pre-show. Southwest Classic. There we go. Thank you, Dante. <laughs> Texas A&M, Arkansas. This game, four and a half last I checked. Uh, Arkansas is the underdog. Over-unders at 47 and a half. Where are we at with this one? I don't oh. know. All good. Um, we just, we're some I, dog lovers on this show. It's all good. We're having a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of puppy noise over in the other, uh, over in the Sorry other about guy. that. So, I was good. bragging about the two pages of notes that he has on this game. And uh, so I'm many. going with a total gut check here and it's more of uh i think arkansas might have gotten a little too uh hot for their britches um i think they might be feeling themselves a little bit after that last game and that's kind of why i think that uh texas a&m will end up um pulling this one off and being able to cover here so i do have a lot of notes on this ladies and gentlemen um <laughs> the aggies are nine and Oh, since 2012 in this game. Um, so maybe the Razorbacks are due for a win here. Um, both teams are ranked, which does not happen often um, in this rivalry. Uh, this means that this game also has college football playoffs um, implications uh, for both teams. Yeah, that's weird uh, to say. I know. It's so weird <laughs> to say. Arkansas, college right. implications. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Sam Pittman looks like the best hire to ever be made in college football modern history right now. Yeah, I, he's got that program going. I mean, he he's turned around an Arkansas program that, you know, if we're being frank about it, since Bobby Petrino's been dead. <laughs> or not Bobby Petrino. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, Bobby Petrino. Sorry, that's what I'm thinking. You were right. I was thinking yeah, of. I, was I know, Rick. Dude, the, I said Bobby right. Petrino in Rick. Um, Rick Petino. Petino popped in. No, his his face popped in my head. I was like, damn it, I just <laughs> fucked that up. But then I was like, wait, no, I'm right on that. A bicycle accident, you know, does so a motorcycle accident will burn that into your head. <laughs> so what I think here, I think the Aggies have the edge because they are number one in turning the ball over and scoring when they are having turning other teams over and scoring. So I think if you're going to go with like the safe pick here, it would be the Aggies. Now, neither team really passes the ball. So that might be an issue trying to turn the Razorbacks over. Um, but this might be a game where we see both teams try to open up their quarterback. Um, and if that happens, I, it's going to be interesting. I think that this game is going to be a lot. I, people keep saying it's going to be like 17-10 or, you know, real low scoring. But I think this game is going to actually score a lot of points in unconventional ways. But I, I think we're going to see a high-scoring game here. Interesting. I have almost the opposite take on that one just because I – well, so Jerry's got to be thrilled that his Arkansas team – is even in the position they are in beloved in front of him at his home, his home uh, stadium here. But uh, you know, if Heinz King was in there, I think this is a different game. I think this is the part that, you know, Sam Pittman has done a great job of identifying that if you can build good line play, you can survive a lot of games that you probably shouldn't have. And they have built a tough offensive defensive line. Like these are, it's a tough physical play there. 
Um, they're not going to get bullied as much. You know, we've seen issues with Texas A&M's offensive line. You know, yes. we saw them get into a rock fight with Colorado that they should not have been in. They weren't getting great push. They have world-class running backs at Texas A&M. I mean, top-tier elite talent running backs, but they're not getting much of a push up front. That is concerning. Um, the Razorback defense, third down conversions against them happen at a 28% rate. Pretty damn good. So if you, you know, if the idea here, because Zach, uh, what's his name, last name, um, Calzada, the quarterback for A&M, you know, he gets some happy feet on pressure. He was a little late on throws. You know, he's struggling, um, and there's a reason Haynes King took over the quarterback battle extremely early in camp, um, and we're seeing that now. If you're putting him in in not third and manageable situations, it's hard to convert on this Razorback defense. Um, But on the flip side, Razorbacks can't really throw the ball. I mean, you know, it's it's very inconsistent on that side of the ball as well. So this feels like a lot of line play dominates. I like the first half under because I do think out the gate there's a lot of explosive energy. I think A&M probably wears them down long term, and I think the second half is when you see it sort of open up a little bit. First half number is 23.5. I like that under. Um, but I just I think Arkansas is a very physical team, and A&M is just underperforming at a level I did not foresee, mostly because that offensive line has not been good enough. Defense is elite. Great pass defense. Gets strong push play out of the defensive line, but the offensive line is a, is a bit of a problem for A&M. Yeah. So here's why I'm saying that I think we're going to have a little more scoring. We don't usually do this on this podcast. We go back and <laughs> forth like this. Uh, <laughs> here's why I'm saying that they're going to have a little bit of scoring. The Aggies are bad. You just alluded to it, are bad, really bad at rush defense, right? Um, they've allowed over 400 yards in their last uh, three games, which is absolutely terrible. And it, Arkansas can run the ball their quarterback can also run, right? So um, uh, KJ Jefferson, right? Yep. Um, Good mobile quarterback. As far as mobility, great mobility. Team. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Texas A&M, also on their defense, isn't great at the long ball. Now, I I hear you that KJ isn't going to throw any long balls, right? But I think that we're going to see different plays in this game. Um, and if you know that Texas A&M, if you can bait, kind of what Michigan State do, did in the Miami game, right? If you if you can set up that run game, then you can buy KJ enough time to settle down and start throwing more passes. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, Arkansas, while their defense is stellar, this, you know what? This is a this is a common theme across college football. Not I'm about to say it. They aren't great at the long ball either. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So, so we could see a, we could see I don't know if you, you you're gonna see a lot of that from Texas A&M. I think Arkansas's rush defense or uh, pass rushing defense is a little better, but maybe if you if if we can get a couple if Texas A&M can get a couple off, we might see more points than you think. I mean, it's a tough game for Jimbo too because Jimbo's got to justify his job. I think at this point, if you're sure. if you're going in at this point in his season, what has Texas A&M done with Jimbo Fisher? They haven't performed to the Jimbo Fisher standard. And if you lose to Arkansas here, that's a tough loss to digest. Now, I'm not saying he's going anywhere. I'm just saying they're paying him a hell of a lot of money to lose to Arkansas this year. And a year <laughs> that they are, you know, now I get it. You lose Hanks King. That's a tough loss to digest. Oh, 
Did I lose you audio wise? Nope. No. Oh, okay. You were you were waving at me like I lost you audio wise there for a second. Oh yeah. no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're just you just got fidgety. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm not saying that like Jimbo's on the hot seat. I'm just saying he's making a lot of money right now. I think at some point you do it it starts to get the ball rolling as to why are we not succeeding at a higher level if you're Texas A and M. Is that really already though? I mean, I don't feel it. Have you felt like Texas A&M has been? I always feel like Texas A&M has been a tad bit overrated these last couple of years. But, you know, maybe I am being harder on I feel on like him. they came back. Like, they, they kind of justified how good they were last year. Weren't they just number five last year? Didn't they just barely miss the college football playoff last year? And I don't this think year they, they got been. a true freshman. They got Haynes yeah. King, and, and they lose their starting quarterback, and you're already calling for Jimbo Fisher to, to – I think Nate was pretty low on Texas A&M last year, though, too, if I remember yeah, correctly. I may have really been. no real reason, right? <laughs> I may have been. I mean, they went, yeah, they went 9-1. I, I just. <laughs> they, 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 were one of the, they were one of the teams on the college he football He is not show. a they fan of the, the Aggies. Six. They ended up in the top six on the um, selection show, <laughs> and they were, like, first, one, first two out. Yeah, I mean, is it Jimbo Fisher or you don't like Aggies? It's like, what do you mean? They, what, what do you mean what he hasn't it? done anything? I mean, I know he didn't deserve the promotion from Florida State. He kind of just like was like, ah, I'm done here, and then left and went to Texas A&M and got this huge payout. But like to say they haven't done anything, you know? I mean, they were eight eight and four the year before that. I was looking it over. They they lost yeah last year. You know, they went they were okay, on the. So they went, like, but I also didn't think they were as good as they were like ranked last year. year. What? No, he's been there since 2018. No, yeah, he's been there for okay, a while. Okay, so he's been there for longer. COVID just. I mean, he's making nine million dollars a year, and you know. I thought it was. T- I thought it was ten million. Maybe it's. I thought I mean, it was a ten-year, hundred million dollar contract. It could be. I, I mean, that guy in Ann so Arbor ridiculous. is making a lot of money and not doing anything. Either. Yeah, if we oh, want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I agree. Funny. Right. I mean, Jimbo Fisher isn't the worst. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he's the worst. I'm just saying there are questions because I. There are questions when you get into a rock fight with Colorado and then you follow that up shortly after if they lose to Arkansas. That's a they tough. They get into a rock fight with Colorado because they're thinking about this Arkansas game. Yeah, that's part and of it. Because they lost their freshman, I mean, they lost their starting quarterback in that game. Like, no, they looked terrible. I but... mean, yeah. they looked atrociously bad they in that did. game. <laughs> like, come on now. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's probably a little bit too spicy of a take. I don't think he's going anywhere. No, I don't, don't think... let us talk you down the list. but i am i am i <laughs> no, think i want to I keep nate on this it's texas uh, football so when it when it comes out that they're actually pretty good i want i want to replay this right <laughs> yeah, here the texas a&m is in the college football playoff texas you gotta play A&M. this i want to i want if texas, texas a&m makes the playoffs this year i'm giving college up. football playoff when uh king comes back i want to be able to play nate questioning jimbo fisher's job I'm questioning it right now. Um, it's one of my, it's one of my spicier takes. Um, uh, yeah, you think? Yeah. All right. There. That's where we are. I think I'm taking Texas A&M in this game. Guess um, my final. That's fair. That's fair. I got yeah. the under first half under twenty three and a half. Um, I think the first half is going to be a, a slugfest to say the least. Um, I don't know what I have. I don't have anything in this game to be honest with you. <laughs> That's fair. One game I did want to talk about used to be a, a major rivalry. I think it has an interesting kind of potentially letdown spot. Florida, Tennessee, not let down in the fact that Florida is going to lose, but the line's at eight and a half. 
Who's Hook. watching this game? Letdown. Letdown from a spread cover. I'm not talking losing. I'm talking about there is like there's there's an emotional toll when you are a two point failed two point conversion away from going to overtime against Alabama to then following up Tennessee. I understand. Hook hold up. Hold up. Okay. Hold up. <laughs> Tennessee. Joe Remember. Milton is not playing. Hold up. Let him, let him speak. Let him speak. Joe him Milton speak. is not playing. Could be a positive. Hooker showed more than capable at Virginia Tech. Florida's coming off a huge emotional and physical game. Tennessee is great against the run. They're seventh in EPA rushed allowed. I'm not saying they're winning this game. I'm just saying I question the eight and a half number for Florida to cover this game is all I'm at. Eight and a half. Eighteen and a half. Eighteen and a half. Eighteen and a half. Sorry. Eighteen and a half. I was like, half. I'm looking at 19, Nate. That's, that's <laughs> a, 19 that's, makes me a large difference. Eighteen and a half. That yes, is I what I'm I'm asking the, the question. Lines, but. Do we feel there is a letdown on the sp- covering the spread aspect to this so, game? We always talk about the like letdown after playing losing a big game, but there's also the opposite where you go and destroy the other team after losing a big game like that. Um, Tennis, I I just don't believe. I don't believe in Tennessee. That's that's where I'm gonna leave it. I agree with Dante. I think Tennessee's garbage. And I think the reason that Florida would be able to still cover this game is because they're at home. If they had to travel to Tennessee, I think that's a totally different story. I think that would be a 10-point spread maybe, and it'll be a little bit more of a slugfest in the first half, and then Florida would end up pulling it out. But since they're at home, I don't see them losing in the swamp. I don't see them not covering the 19 points. See, I don't see them losing. I don't think they're losing, but I do think um, Hooker gives a better competitive edge than Joe Milton does. Um, I saw him play at Virginia Tech. I I think he he throws a better ball. You know, he's just, I think he's a better option there. I'm not saying he's going to come out here and Superman them and and win this game, but I think they become more competitive. I think the Tennessee defense, Florida relies on the run to open up the pass. Emory Jones is not a good passing quarterback at this point now AR-15 that's a different story but like Emory Jones similar to Adrian Martinez relies on his legs to you know get the game get the ball rolling um offensively so I this is where I think it could be Dante is right that's why I was more asking the question um (laughs) that sometimes we all jump down you get you get the opposite effect where you come out pissed off and go out and, and you know try to kill a team here this used to be a huge rivalry back in the 90s like early 2000s it's died off with the death of the tennessee program um but yeah i think it's it's an interesting spot at 18 and a half i am not personally betting it at this point i got to break it down a little bit more to lay money but it's it's got my attention for potentially making my saturday card right now is what i'm saying i think i it looked like emory jones started to figure it out yeah, once he got his legs going. That's he what I. Yeah, once he opened his legs, like I said earlier, <laughs> with yeah, my blonde. He started opening yeah. those legs. He, he got it figured out. Alive. The legs feed the beast. There, I, I, I don't think that's unwrong. But Tennessee is very good at at stopping the run. They just are. <laughs> okay. That's where I'm at. Um. What else we got here? I don't know if there's any other games that we want to cover before we just kind of. Very briefly, oh. I want to talk about this UCLA Stanford. Literally, just scrolled game. past it. Yep, let's. I think this is a good spot. Um, go ahead. I uh, missed the line there. Um, back to my. I'm a broken record on this uh, thing. I think Stanford has a a chance here because the UCLA secondary is hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it is. 
it's it's the reason they lost that game. Yeah, it is. Um, it's not, you're not. I'm not spotting a lie right now. Yeah. The the other thing, and this is gonna this is a wild take here. Sometimes I think UCLA scores too quickly, and they don't give their defense enough time. Yes. <laughs> very much. Yeah. So. That was something I noticed immediately in their first two games. It's like, man, that defense is out there a lot. Yeah, and sometimes it's not because it was a three and out. It was because they scored. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we got uh, Tanner. I think it's it's <laughs> Mackie. I don't know. He's seventy one percent in his completions, which I think spells uh, a bad game for UCLA. And on the flip side of that, um, Stanford isn't really great against uh, um, the rush, and they're like almost they're really low in pass rushing um and that is a recipe for success for ucla um because matt charbonnet and the quarterback could just combine to take to, to put up more points than uh stanford can score um so yeah stanford had 200 yards unanswered uh through the air um in their last game so I think if they win the ground, if UCLA controls the ground game, like you said in one of our earlier um, things, then UCLA wins this. But don't be surprised if Stanford UCLA in this. Stanford is, they're getting a little frisky there. They're they're stepping up a little bit in class. They beat a USC team that, you know, I was pretty open about is wildly inconsistent. But that's still a solid win. Um, UCLA, I was hot on. I'm still hot on them. But, yeah, they are... They're more susceptible to to some damage here than I would have liked to initially imagine. I think that I think that's a fair analysis there. Um, Charbonnet is still just a monster. Um, yes. Michigan missed out big time on that one. Um, yeah. What am I missing in that Fresno State game where he only had six carries? It's because they were throwing the ball so much. Yeah. Chip <laughs> Chip Chip got a little chippy. Is yeah. Yeah, no he, kidding. Yeah. Yeah. When they had Dorian Thompson Robinson as their leading rusher. Yeah. It became a little bit more chip chip. Three hundred yards and ran for sixty. They were just slinging it around, and Fresno was like, "All right, we can do this too." Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Andrews is a little bit better than uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson at that. I'd also like to say I'm already almost halfway in my DJ Moore bet, so you know, hope pray up that something doesn't happen there. But he's already got three receptions in the Thursday night game, so just want to throw that out there, a little off off the beat um, line there. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I uh, usually he's got to get it figured out and figured out fast. But this is a it's a that's a very interesting game. That's a game I want to get eyeballs on because Stanford. Stanford could be a play here later down the season, and UCLA has got to get some things corrected. Secondary is definitely one of them, where they got to get some things figured out in the back end because it's it's a liability. Also, the thing that happened to UCLA is what I think Tim was alluding to with Michigan State a little bit is uh, the UCLA was the media's darling for a bit there, and then couldn't handle it. Kind of happening with MSU a little bit. Yeah, uh, it makes me nervous so. for our, our swag surfing here. Um, yeah. It definitely makes me nervous. Um, <laughs> do you want to give out our cards, or you got anything else you want to say before we wrap this? Uh, that's it for me. I'm, done I'm ready for the picks. I got my my take of Georgia's beating Alabama has already been aired. Um, that was my <laughs> that was my big one today. My big reveal was yeah, Georgia's beaten them. Yes. I watched that Florida game for that very specific reason of like, do I think Georgia can beat them this year? 
a thousand percent once they get healthy. Um, I, I was going to say, I got to see Georgia be able to score first. Dude, they're going to get Pickens back. They're going to get Washington back. Like, they're going to get major production. I know. I'm just like, saying. You like, know that. We're, we're trying you know to make. How, you know, that the problem is with Kirby Smart. Like, you never know what he's going to do. He doesn't have the step on your throat kind of a he's mentality. And in, he never has. I didn't watch so this last week. He just sat back and just, like, been like, eh, whatever. Um, we're going to run the ball, take care of the ball. We're going to we're gonna win this game by just taking care of the ball. And then and then the other team pops you real quick, and you, you're looking back, and your shorts are missing. The uh, Todd Munkin's done a good job of bringing that offense into the 21st century. I will say that. They've been more aggressive offensively. And defensively, I've seen him blitz in times where he would have normally sat back and said death by a thousand paper cuts. I'm start I'm I'm starting to see this ball rolling. We're asking them, okay. like I said, we're asking them to make a pizza and all they got is bread and tomato sauce right now. All right, let's see what okay. they got when they get the cheese and some other toppings. Banana peppers, pepperoni, sausage, I don't know, whatever you, you like, but that is the that is a go-to. Um that's what we're that's what we're doing here. So I'm I'm big on Georgia this year. Um all righty. So are they in your cart or something? No, they are not. That game is insane. (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) No. It was. It was yeah. (laughs) It was my big like. Hey, let's uh, let's see what they look like against Florida. I said it last week, and then I was ready to make my bold prediction. Um, A buddy, Mike of mine, we were going back and forth. He's on them this week. Um, Under shout out, Mike. Um, Big Georgia fan there, but I told him. It is the big reveal of the week because I am hot on Georgia this year. Um, alrighty. Oh God, why don't you go to Tim first? I got to get this organized here. Second. All right. So my first pick is going to be Mississippi State money line versus LSU. Oh, yes. I don't think LSU is any good. Um, nope. I think Mississippi State will be able to pop them here quick. Um, and I'm alluding to this right now, but that is one of the reasons why I don't like my card because my next pick is going to be Texas Tech plus nine against Texas. Yeah, I, also I think like Texas that. is a fraud as well. Um, I didn't have some big State. number for that game. I feel like that game, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that game is always just chaos. <laughs> Yes, it's always chaos. It's always like nine seems crazy. Game, like some crazy thing happens in the game, and it's and yeah. it's nuts. So nine points is way too much for me. Um, that's why I like Texas Tech plus nine. Boise State, Utah State, they're playing at noon. I saw Boise that. Boise State and Utah State. I'm taking the under seventy just because they're playing at noon, ten a.m. their time. Um, that's too early for a college kid to get out of bed. Um, Fair. I have Akron plus 48 and a half against Ohio State. Ohio State's playing without C.J. Stroud. 48 and a half is a lot of points. I think just 48 and a half is a lot of points. And since they are resting their starting quarterback for rest and a possible shoulder issue, it's like, well, will they just take their foot off the gas? I'm hoping they do by taking Akron plus 48 and a half. Um, Florida State. I think Florida State is going to arise from the dead here against Louisville. I think I'm just going to say it's it was a I don't remember what it opened up as, but it's gotten all the way down to one and a half is what yeah. I'm looking at on these daily lines on ESPN. Um, I got so I think it, so I'm going to I'm looking at Florida State money line versus Louisville. This is one of those typical Florida State games where you count them out. They look terrible at the beginning of the season and then all of a sudden they they win one big game. They think you're back in it, and then they're really not. It's just a fraud, but they, they came back and won one of those games, and that's what I think is going to happen here. Norvell needs this um, needs this win. It's a must win. He can't lose to it, this it, terrible yes. Louisville team. Yes, yeah, so the, this next one, 
I did end up taking Texas A&M minus four and a half against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember what I did there. I do like Texas A&M in this game. It might have been because all of the other picks were underdog picks. Um, so I needed to mix in a favorite here, and that's when I went with Texas A&M. I do think it is a possible letdown spot for Arkansas when they got all this momentum, just like I said. When, no, no, no. When all the, when all the note-takers two were, pages uh, were, all the note, <laughs> all the were discussing this game, and I may or may not have been zoning out um, and not been adding more knowledge to my brain but probably not um and then notre dame plus six and a half against wisconsin like i said earlier i think that this is going to be a almost it could even be like a homecoming game for notre dame with with all their alums being in chicago um and i think this um could bode well could end up looking like a home game for notre dame but we will see and then the other one that I have an eye on, but I don't want to take, but I want to root for is Western Kentucky plus nine against Indiana. Like I alluded to, I would love to see Western Kentucky, Western Kentucky win this game against Iowa because I am nervous about the Western Kentucky game against Michigan State because I think if we beat Nebraska at night, I am worried about a possible letdown game against Western Kentucky, who has an air raid offense and can yes. pick apart our corners. And that is what I'm most nervous about. They throw for over 400 yards. Yeah. And that is why all Michigan State fans, I need you to root hard for Western Kentucky. Say your prayers, do your whatever, pray to whatever God you believe in. Whatever happens, happens. I need you to root hard for Western Kentucky in this game against Indiana because I do not want to face a Western Kentucky team that is pissed off about a loss to Indiana when they felt like they could have win. And then they come into and then they come to Michigan State and just pick apart our corners. Yeah, it's a problem. Um, all right, solid card. Um, I'm waiting to make a pick on Notre Dame, Wisconsin right now, but I am going under 23.5 in the first half for that. Um, I got first half under on Arkansas at uh, Texas A&M as well. That's also at 23.5. Don't love that trend I got going this week, but it's just those are two fights I think that are going to – come home pretty uh pretty low um i'm gonna add to my card too but these are the picks i made so far uh mississippi state plus two and a half i sort of just like the money line straight up on that um but i've got them um i am going msu uh, minus the four and a half i am going florida state um it's plus one and a half. I'm just going money line on that. Mike Norvell has to win this game. It is must win for him. I know it's year two there. First year was a COVID year. But if you're starting the season off with winless, I mean, recruiting is going to take a hit. Like, everything just snowballs from here. Have to, have to win that game. I am looking at Clemson game right now, North Carolina State. Clemson is fraud city. I don't know if I like North Carolina State enough at nine and a half, but that is a game I'm looking at. So look out for that potentially on my card here um, that I will tweet out at Pod. Um, on both Instagram and um, Twitter. Uh, North Carolina, minus 12.5 against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech sucks. They can't score any points. Uh, North Carolina's offense... Add that one to mine as well. <laughs> North Carolina's offense is going... Um, is increasing its production value there. I do like them um, in that spot. So that's what I got right now. I got my eyeballs on a couple others. I want to give some bigger breakdowns, though, uh, before I give them out. Um, so look for those coming out here. Any final thoughts uh, before we wrap this up? Take Stanford. 
Oh yeah, Stanford on there. We can just ride. We want to ride as a podcast on that one. <laughs> ride behind that take. Um, I don't uh, even know what the line is on that game. I think it's looks like four and a half yeah. is what I was looking at when I was scrolling to look for that line that Nate just gave out on the uh, North Carolina, so I could remember to bet it on Saturday morning. Yep, twelve and a half, solid, solid line there. Um, already, that'll do it for us this week. See how it goes. We'll see how the plays go. Got to keep it going. Positive energy. We are swag surfing for Michigan State, though. Riding hard. Yep, all three. Surf. All three. I'm going to be so, so upset. <laughs> when Nate, I was... You have to respect our no texting during the game. Oh, man. It's going to be hard. Because <laughs> I, I, I wrote down Nebraska coming into this session. And I changed it on this podcast. I was initially taking Nebraska. I changed it. Being part of the group, we're riding Sparty this weekend. I, I think we... We were pretty good for you. Kinda, we were very I think it was a fair yeah, breakdown. We were really skeptical. We, I think we, yeah. we could win, but we yeah. are scared. I think for anybody betting this game and listens to this, they got the info they needed to make their final decision. Okay, that is, right. that's what you I make your decision. Yeah, yes. but I we're all riding Sparty. <laughs> yes. All righty, <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, as always, peace. 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 peace.